I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts, and we are joined today by... I am Dustin Oldfather. And I am Joe Lissisro. So, guys, I'm really excited. Gabe, Gabe and I are both very excited to have you in today. This is going to be the second episode of Resource, where we have in-studio guests. Yeah. And we are honored today by two former guests that we had for episodes earlier in the podcast uh, over the telephone. And, you know, for you to, to come from coastal Delaware, Dustin, and Joe from Tampa, Florida, to visit us here in Louisville, um, those of you... Our listeners have heard me talk about different mastermind groups and different things that I'm a part of. You know, we've had the opportunity to meet through a coaching organization that we're all a, all a part of at one point in time or another, and then formed relationships and friendships. But I just want you guys to know that um, to be able to host you here in Louisville is a great honor for me. So thank you guys for making the time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Enough of the mushy stuff, right? Because we, <laughs> as we were just before going you know, on. And I was just thinking about it. You know, we, there's probably, between the three of us, we're doing about 1,000 transactions That's absolutely per year. true. Absolutely true. You guys are some powerhouses. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm lucky to call you friends. Well, I, I, that's that's. I'm glad you let me in here. <laughs> well, you know, no slouch yourself. Okay, come on now. Um, no, but yeah, I, I um, as we talked about just before air, we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, to keep it keep it on real estate today. But you know, as uh, we do talk about you know the goings on in the business in the industry etc i know gabe's got some some questions to pose we actually have got you know another installment of resource office hours right. today yeah. where we've got a listener posed question that gabe's going to play for us here in a minute you'd like to get your guys take on that and actually the guy that left the message i don't know what the question is but he's a a very tech forward team leader here uh, in Louisville, in our market, yeah, in our market. Okay. So I'm pretty excited to hear what that is. Um, you know, if if you remember, we introduced introduced resource office hours in our last episode, and I'm excited to hear what you guys. And I'm purposely like not exposing myself to the question. Gabe knows what it is, but I yeah. have no idea. So um, pretty excited about that, and just really anything we want to talk about today, guys. I, I know Dustin, you're fresh off. A, a, a red eye flight from Vegas, mm-hmm. so we can talk about that. Our listeners, a lot of big goings on in the world of real estate. Your first episode, we focused on kind of the future of advertising and tech within the real estate space. Um, you know, we had Zuckerberg testifying in front of Congress last week, and Facebook and big data, and that's all in question. But also Zillow making some big changes. So we got a lot on we we a lot of we can touch on today, guys. You know, Dust um, Joe, we we talked about verticals in your episode. I know that um, you know you're pursuing some things in that regard. We can touch on all this stuff, guys. Whatever y'all want. So. Um, I guess, Dustin, let's throw it to you, man. Let's talk Zillow real quick because we were talking about just before we came on air. Uh, give, give our listeners just some some broad takeaways from what you're hearing in the world of Zillow. So what's particularly interesting about Zillow as a company is they're very concerned about the consumer experience, which is what you would assume everybody is interested in. But as we all know, it, it's a, a somewhat m- – stressful and messy process for for buyers and for sellers and who they select and how they get into the market so it's a little bit of a scramble and so zillow is um has found that uh in their attempt to to serve the community and to get the consumers to an agent that they've had a breakdown and um, that consumer experience hasn't been quite what they had hoped and it's transferring to kind of a degradation of the Zillow brand. They, they yeah. care deeply about having high integrity and a, uh, and a strong relationship with the consumer. You know, I mean, that's yeah. their, their North star. Um, you know, as agents, we're not the North star. We get to participate in that if we, if we do sure. a really good job. So what's particularly interesting about their, their most recent initiatives, uh, first of all, is their, 
implementing a customer satisfaction rating um, to each agent and to each team and and to the consumers to so they can actually rate their experience. And so most consumers are happy when they get connected to a, an agent, um, but oftentimes just because of the nature of, uh, of our industry, it's not always um, possible to make that connection. And so Zillow is going to be um, continue to do everything they can to elevate uh, that consumer experience and make sure that that consumers get connected to a really talented high service agent sure. and moving even further down the line to having a a, a Zillow mark similar to a GRI or CRS right. that represents the best of the best in the industry and working with um, basically helping you know all of us as as people who work with Zillow to improve their services um, there's some you know I was actually my score wasn't available I was actually hopeful that <laughs> there was a big opportunity for improvement so there's a big opportunity gap which means that we'd be able to do do a lot a lot better and it's interesting there are some really high profile Mm -hmm. team leads across the country who were a little shocked at their score like oh really yeah i bumped into one he's like yeah i gotta get my score up like i didn't (laughs) i guess that he was he he didn't openly share the score so i you know and and that's that's pretty common and and i'm sure if we all really think deeply about it and realize you know when you get a a broad team and and how do you uh how do you systematize a really high level service experience every single time it's challenging well there's crazy crazy stats you know um crazy stats about how many times a consumer registers within Zillow or Trulia, how many different premier agents they end up talking to. Right. And, and the, the system, though, how many different websites they go on as well. Absolutely. So, you know, but all that we, we, we teach our agents that, you know, you, you're nobody until you're somebody. Right. And, and whether they, um, whether, whether they, you know, uh, like agents are always worried. Newer agents seem to be worried with how many times they're attempting to contact a lead that registers online, Zillow being one of those, uh, and, and a pretty significant lead source for us. And I'm like, look guys, you, you know, you haven't made a bad impression un- until you've made a bad impression. You're nobody until you're somebody, you, you have an opportunity to be something great, Right, um, and they may be frustrated by the number of calls they get, but they don't attribute that to you. Like that, that's their own actions. They're going on multiple websites. They're registering. They're hearing from the ethos, right? The 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 a faceless agent until they meet the one that they have a good interaction with. Gabe, as 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 in your function as an inside sales associate here yeah. for this team, I told you, don't sweat that. Sure. You know? Uh, until you make a bad impression, you have the opportunity to make a good impression. So I, I think Zillow's probably right. That the, that the experience is not great, and the fact that they capture forty percent share of search, that they're just they're the culprit, right? There's what everybody looks at. Yeah, it's certainly a part of it, and Zillow, in response to that, is also going to change the way that they um, allow the consumers to. I say allow; they're going to connect the consumers to qualified agents. They're going to make sure they have the conversation with the agent up front, rather than creating this kind of jump ball environment where they say this is a client that's interested and then um, and then there's kind of this deluge of follow-up now that, that everyone understands it's important to get uh, get connected to people quickly. So they're going to uh, make that a cleaner process for the consumers, which is to say they're going to have the conversations, make sure that somebody's pre-qualified, they're ready to talk to an agent, and then they're going to sincerely connect someone in real time, and they're going to make sure that that process is such that it's going to be answered nearly 100% of the time versus which uh, – the numbers are significantly off of that so that people get the service that they want. And they want to get connected to an agent. They don't want to connect to, get connected to an intermediary. They want to talk to a qualified agent. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing worse. Somebody asking to talk to an agent. Like, we work really hard to get people to ask to speak with us, and then you don't answer the phone. That's kind of unfortunate. So it, it doesn't surprise me to see Zillow go there. And it also doesn't surprise to see – Surprise me to see them go to you know a scoring system. Well, they're probably wanting their consumers to have the same user experience across the board, and Absolutely. I think that that scoring system is what will allow it to happen. Well, and they, and they they've seen you know such widespread adoption with reviews, and I, I mean you guys know, I mean you guys probably have more reviews than than I do, but here in our market, the review really really moves the needle with consumers. Like you know um, you know just as a premier premier agent as an advertiser with Zillow, we. 
we get more bang for our buck because of our profile. Well, I mean, the dirty secret is it's really a testimonial platform because no one asks for a review from a client who's had a bad experience. Exactly. Sure. So it's, the it's CSAT rating is very different than you know the reviews you get. Oh, certainly, reviews are important, but uh, you know it, it's yeah. it's truly a test because I, I mean it's kind of distilled down. It, it's been diluted over time. It's important, and what um, consumers are, are more looking at as opposed to rating, which is pretty similar for most people across the board. They're looking at volume of reviews, yeah, and, number, yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah, to, and then kind of looking at quality. Is somebody uh, is somebody an expert and have experience in my market? So there's they're still value in it, but it's not quite maybe what it was. I sell on listing appointments all the time. Just just my attention to detail, like. Like and and I've seen it. The light go bulb goes off with clients. I'm like, look at this guy. Now he's a good agent. I swear he is. But he has four reviews and six past sales. But what does it say about him that he that that forty percent of search traffic is conducted on one of these two websites and his profile is basically non-existent? Like, what does it say yeah. about him that he cares about his business? And how much he cares about his business and his level of success that he doesn't mind these details. Like, here's mine. Here's, you know, 300 pass sales, 250 reviews, blah. Well, if that's his personal marketing for himself, how's exactly. it going to be when it comes to your house? How's, how's he going to represent you mm-hmm. when he can't represent <laughs> himself? So anyway, that's um, – that Dustin, that, that's, that's interesting, man. So – the 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 realtor world is is all a buzz once again with the same old conversation right the cr- i call it the crotchety agent conversation <laughs> where zillow's going to take over the world zillow's going to is going to make us put agents out of business put us out of business um the the aspect that we haven't touched on yet is you know the direct offer right the the instant offer expansion if you will we did an episode on instant offers a while back yeah um and then we had to revisit and then we had jay thompson on here to basically dispel the mess yesterday actually i left my journal he's overnight into me i was like you're something else man he's He's retiring he's a good dude he's retiring which is zillow's got big shoes to Mm -hmm. fill there because that dude can take the heat with the best of them, he, he, there, he, there were some. They had some people. They had to actually take some. Uh, had to call the police on them for some of the stuff that were no was posted. Yeah, it was, wow. it was pretty intense. There was one. Yeah, I won't, I won't even bring it up. But there were some people that were so upset that they're like, you know, t- talking about b- bodily harm and guns and you know, oh. and very intense stuff. You know, this is a so- on a social media platform. <laughs> You're like, like dude, <laughs> that's calm written down. On the internet, it's not you know, in pencil. You, it's that's what ink. he said. Yeah, he's never like, goes you understand away. there are IP addresses. We do know. Like, we they know can drag it. Are. Yeah, the guy apparently just, you know, one of them just completely fell off the face of the earth on social media. But, you know, people get a little carried away and some of those narratives, you know, get misconstrued. I think that's part of what um, Zill's initiative is to make sure that there's the correct information is out about their intentions. I, I'm, I agree. You know, I think we're all in this – the three of us and, and everybody in this room are, are always skeptical of you know of of everyone you know of intentions until we see what what people are really doing, and uh, I'm just because of the nature of the business and the scale of uh, that Zillow has. Basically, they they are completely dependent on agents succeeding at this point, especially with the advent of of instant offers, which could disinter, which truly disintermediate the agent. You know, so they're making a bet that, um, and kind of just to highlight what they're going to do, is um, there are a number of uh, direct buyer models that are uh, that are starting to proliferate in the market where. Um, there is a company that will come in and make a bona fide offer. It'll be yeah. less than what you could get at you know fair market if you were to work with an agent. But many people across the country are most stressed about their settlement date, and so if they know they have a bona fide settlement date, they will give up some cash or give up some equity in order to be able to move on the timeline that they want to know that they have a have a clean deal. Um, so uh, their their goal in that is to in my opinion, is to answer the response to that, uh, to those other companies which are having success because the consumers like it. And so it's a part of the model that um, probably we all knew could happen and is now starting to, to take root. And so I think they're trying to redirect that conversation back. But as a part of that, with Zillow makes an instant offer for a home, they're going to work with a bona fide premier agent that is uh, that has a high customer service rating so they're going to pay if they do have a group that buys a home from a client directly they are going to use hopefully one of the three of us that would be in this room they're going yeah. to work with an agent pay a commission they're going to you know, do, do linoleum and paint put that property back on the market within 30 days and then they're going to list it also with a premier agent so yeah. they their zillow is not 
I think the mechanics of them becoming a brokerage are, are so convoluted. It's never going to happen. They don't have an interest in it. Their model is built completely on advertising it with agents and helping agents to be the conduit for the transaction. So uh, Z- Zillow is not going to become a brokerage. No. Um, I, there would be some things I would like about that if they did. I, I often joked I might be first in line if they were. To work for them. Yeah. Uh, they're <laughs> I, I, honestly, brilliant guys, brilliant guys, beautiful. I mean, just and you, you talk to the, the just anyone that works there for any length of time. It's an incredibly talented group of people, hardworking. So, so I own a brokerage. I don't own a tech company. But I can tell you if I owned a tech company, you I could. wouldn't own a brokerage. With your brain. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Your like zaps. Why would you? My zaps. My zaps. I'll have to get into Zapier. You're like, we'll have to get into time. Zapier here in a minute. <laughs> Automations. That's that's big part of what we talked yeah. about last time. You um, have like a commercial account, don't you? I don't know, man. We we They shut us down every once in a while. Like we, our account like, <laughs> right froze. It, no, it, it froze. They're like, like not hey, enough bandwidth. Take it easy with the zaps. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway. Uh, no, I don't understand why anybody would own a tech company and wanted to get into owning a real estate company after that. I mean, you know, if we talked about this a little bit of how Zillow participates in the real estate industry, a, a, a percentage basis. I mean, I know we think like this, you know, marketing budgets and such. Uh, you, you can attribute a percentage of each transaction you have to your Zillow spend. And so they're already, they already get it. They are getting the commission dollars. They they get it without the. They're just getting it in a different. Why would they order? just get the liability? They're already getting the basically what would it be the equivalent of a referral. Exactly, and they don't have any. Liability. So it doesn't make any sense. They, they participate in a percentage of all transactions, right? That percentage generates a certain amount of revenue. Why take on the risk? Why why go there? It just does not make any sense. It's it's the old crotchety agent argument and. The truth is they'll keep making it because they're they're worried about who somebody's going to come along and move their cheese. And the, well, truth the cheese is moved. The cheese is already moved. That's exactly I mean, what the I was cheese about to say. is on a speedboat. I mean, it's, it's gone. Good luck catching it, heading away. Because if you're making that argument, like you've already lost. Like you just don't understand. You don't. You just don't know it yet. I, that, that's at least my opinion, Joe. What do you think? No, I agree. I mean, I mean <laughs> seriously. Yeah, there's it, really nothing much else to add. But um, I don't see it becoming a brokerage whatsoever. I think you know they constantly try to develop, and I, what I do see happening is there being a smaller group of premier agents that will be working with them. Absolutely. Paying more money. Mm-hmm. Paying more money, but also doing more business. Doing more business. So, Joe, are you, would you, are you excited about the customer service ratings? What are your thoughts on that? I am. I mean, obviously, I'm anxious to see what mine would be up because I'm sure we all think we're doing a certain uh, level of client satisfaction, and then, you know, you get the score back. You're like, oof, there's some things we obviously we need to work on. So I'd love to see what that is and, you know, what we can work on as an organization and a team to bring, you know, better service to the marketplace. So I'm always interested in that scorecard and see what we can do um, to not only help with obviously on the Zillow platform, but all platforms across the board. Well, D- Dustin, how, how many agents you got now on your team? 25, 26. 25, 26 agents. We're at 14. Joe, I heard you 15. say earlier 15 agents. Mm-hmm. I'll be at 15 soon. I mean, any way you slice it, and I'm anxious to see what ours is too, but I, 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 if I had to guess, it's lower than I would like. There was a lot of anxiety in the room when they said yeah. they give everybody scores. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> going to be like, lower than I would like. Uh, Let's just say Gabe knows this. Yeah. Um, but the truth is scaling a level of service over a, a significant amount of people is a very challenging endeavor. Right, so we don't know what game we're playing yet. Like, what, what are the metrics? What do we? What do we? I mean, this is consumer selected only. What questions are they asking? What are we? You know, is it surveys? Is it electronic delivery? Is it what, what is it? Write in your own comments or select from multiple choice or yeah. What they're going to do? Uh, they, they'll have a. It'll obviously won't be too robust a survey, but anytime someone returns back to the Zillow site after they've connect been uh, you know been connected, which means assigned, it doesn't mean they necessarily spoke to somebody, but been connected to a certain person, then they're going to get a survey that pops up. So. M- my rate, my CSAT rating was not available because I hadn't had enough responses to be, you know, to, to have enough data okay. to be actionable, um, and so that's going to be the, the protocol. And they're getting better at it. Uh, they're they're doing it with a lot of thought, and they brought in um, the head of whatever customer satisfaction department was at Walmart. So really high, sophisticated mind that's working on that. Um, I was actually. We had kind of tossed it out there. I would love to have that for all lead sources if there was a way to oh. do it, because then you could, you know, truly you could you would have a a bona fide um, ser- satisfaction rating for each agent ex- for each agent on your team. So you have ability to help them improve that experience for the clients, and also you know um, acknowledge when there's a, an opportunity to to help somebody find something to do, do something different. 
That's I, yeah. I wish you could, but you know, not, it. not every lead it's source. It's very yeah. hard. It's very hard. You to don't get, get people. We, yeah. We've sent out surveys. We don't get responses. It's like the consumer. I mean, even if you're working with somebody. If they're having you know, a good experience, they almost, they're like, they just don't, I mean, no offense, but they'd rather yeah. not be bothered because they're like, oh, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when you fish, you fish for bad news right. is really what it boils down <laughs> right. to. Right. Because <laughs> I mean, the bad news finds you, but like when you, if you ask people vehemently enough, they will find something they're pissed off about so that they can have something to tell you. Sure. Like, Absolutely. honestly, I mean, the best clients will, you know, I had a, I had a, I, I joke about this in team meetings, but you know, I've got a Zillow review with a, with a, with a, uh, five star in four categories and four stars in negotiation. And I, I negotiated like a 16, 16 offer, multiple offer situation, cash, like all contingencies waived over asking price. Like, I mean, literally like leveraged three or four parties against one another to, to gain my client an extra 10%. And I got a four still stars in negotiation. Still it's disappointed. Like, <laughs> there was still someone that just feels deliver. guilty by I giving really, all fives. I really wanted to call and be like, are you sure? See, I've got one of those, but my four star is in knowledge of the process, which is like the most give me of all the categories. I'm like, <laughs> if, if I knew more about the process than you, then I should get five stars. And I did. So like, why? And they gave me a four. Like you can give a one or a five in that category. I think uh, I, I had an agent who got all five stars and then he got a, he got a, he got a four stars in um, market expertise or market knowledge. And he's literally from the state of Delaware. He's lived he lived in the state of Delaware for sixty years. Yeah. You're like, uh, like I don't know how he could. He, there's no one who could possibly know more about the area yeah, and the him. communities, what they were, what they are, where they're from. I mean, and this guy is amazing. And they were like, well, I don't know. You know? All <laughs> right, he knew a little bit more. Like, uh, he's, yeah, no, it, it, I think people are just clicking through so fast. Sometimes yeah. they just miss, and it is what it is. I got a zero. I got I got a one five and all zeros after. I th- think they and it was the first one. I think oh, they, they did like the overall experience. The five overall experience quit. five, and everything else was zeros. And then they click submit. I think they just forgot to check the boxes afterwards. But that's all right. <laughs> it's all good. Those. Yeah, you get a glowing review with no with no stars. No, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so let's 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 pivot a little bit, and 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 I, I I'm gonna be a. L- be a little goofy here um, in the way I, I set this up. But so obviously Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook testified before Congress last week. I don't know if you guys follow this, but I mean, he literally sat on a stack of phone books in front of Congress. I don't know if anybody <laughs> yeah. was realized that he sat in a booster seat. Did, did you, are you aware of this? <laughs> no, no. Like, like, um, the whole hearing was like an SNL skit. From they like the beginning of the they <laughs> literally uh, gave him a booster seat so that he could look hot, like he was taller sitting in that chair. And there's actually a, a, a kind of a scandal. If you do, do just a very simple Google search online, he apparently has this thing where if he takes a picture with you, which the guy, everybody, everywhere he goes, people want to take pictures and he probably has to swat them away, but he takes some pictures with people every once in a while. He apparently uh, um, has this tactic, if you will, where he stands closer to the camera <laughs> than the person he's taking a picture with to make himself appear taller. Have you heard any of that? I think they call that a Napoleon complex. Is a Napoleon a, complex? A, well, a, anyway, that's that, that, that's that. not the start. That that's really not the important thing. But honestly, I, I I think it's I think he does probably have a Napoleonic complex. But neither here nor there. Facebook is a is is a big part. You know, I think you called it in our first episode. You called it the new internet, which I think actually ended up being the title of the episode, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So, you know, Mr. Gabe thought highly enough of your quote to make it the title of the episode. That, but. but you threw it. Well, we heard it. Maybe heard it first from you. We heard it first from you. So what do you guys think? I mean, Facebook's got all this data and there's all these people up in arms and outraged over the idea that, you know, the single most highly trafficked website in the world that people visit on average 15 plus times per day um, that people spend hours basically on using the service that is free of charge. Um, people are up in arms about the idea that they might be using the data that you give them for free for profit. And it's a for profit enterprise. I would say that nothing is free. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you a thousand percent, but I'm not, you and I are not the ones that are up in arms about this. Um, I see some regulation coming um, how's that going to affect us in the way that we advertise, the way that we filter? Because, you know, truthfully, like it is very easy to violate fair housing with Facebook advertising. And well, you see it constantly, yeah. It is very easy. And I don't just mean like what you may think first, you know, the first so thought the, that may come to your head about yeah. race or, you know, whatever. But when you when you filter your audience, you could filter I, 
almost every audience is filtered by age. Now, truth is, if I'm marketing a million-dollar house in this market, it's not extremely likely that a 19-year-old is going to buy that. But the second I exclude 19-year-olds from my ad, I'm by violation of fair housing because that's – you know, age is a is a protected class with respect. So, so, so there is some regulation coming. It has to be. Well, I don't think regulation is going to be what becomes a stumbling block for agents, especially the top producers that we're talking about. I feel like everybody's always going to be able to find their way around the regulation. What's going to be harder to overcome is consumer perspective about what it's like to do business on Facebook. If people feel like their data is not safe on Facebook and they feel like it's not a safe place to conduct business, yeah. then all of our dreams of converting people in Facebook Messenger start to become a little bit more like a pipe dream if people are too afraid to do business on Facebook. That's going to be harder to overcome than regulation. I mean, I know Facebook is wanting to, you know, develop this ecosystem of of direct response, right? You know, do this direct response marketing and all this business generation, which makes their advertising more valuable. It allows them to charge more for it. Um, but I think you're right. I don't know. I think the consumers are going to be... I, I had, a, I had a, uh, a back and forth this morning with a lady that commented on one of our Facebook ads on a brand new, really hot listing. Right. Um, you know, really just griping, giving it to me about not listing the price on the face of the ad. You know, old curator style, right? We got the, you know, the link that does the capture and all that. But, um, you know, I, I ver- responded very transparently and just said, hey, we're in the business of engaging potential buyers for our seller clients. That's what the ad is doing, okay? Um, it's not a free service. And the people, the people that are interested in buying don't care to take the next step to find out the price. The only people that care are the people like you that aren't interested in buying. And I didn't say it like that, but that's in a nice way basically what I told her. Like, this isn't for you, you know? And, but the sentiment is growing. Yeah. The sentiment is growing, and, and Zuckerberg sitting on phone books in front of con- Congress does not help matter. No kidding, because it's important to remember, too, that with all this Cambridge Analytica stuff, I mean, this is a made-up statistic, but I'm going to guess that 90% of people that have heard about it have no clue what actually happened. No. They don't know what Cambridge Analytica up. is. They don't know where this data went. They don't no. even know what data was compromised. They just know that they heard the buzzwords. Their personal data, Facebook, it got shared with people they didn't want to share it with, Outraged. and now they're too afraid. Outraged. Exactly. Outraged. We make up all our statistics. Well, that shows, <laughs> yeah. Makes it Greg easier. Greg Schwartz had an interesting quote yesterday. He said, we're in a post-factual words, the world. He's like, fa- facts aren't even oh, facts they don't, anymore. Oh, yeah. They don't matter. Facts don't matter. Yeah. Uh, it's the, your the opinion. The direct quote was, we're in a post-factual world. Facts don't even matter anymore. It's assertions <laughs> and opinions. That's right. all it is. And, and Greg, Greg has high integrity, but it's just the, the environment that we're in, and all of a sudden you get this fervor. Um, it's interesting to, to see how people are responding to it, and yet – I. I don't think people are going to go anywhere. It's like saying, I don't, I'm not going to use the internet anymore. Or do you ever, I mean, yeah. you know, do you ever have a friend who decided they were going to go off of Facebook? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I'm a taking week. A, yeah, Facebook hiatus, and then they're back like two days later. I know. You know. Well, you may not see them, but they're back for sure. Right. They're, 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 lurking, scro- they're, they're scrolling lurking. their Facebook feed they're on their at their t- 10 p.m. sitting on their couch. Biting their lip. Going, uh, <laughs> no. Um, Set and, up another account. And that's <laughs> Greg Schwartz, <laughs> chief operating officer, correct? Correct. Chief COO. operating officer of Zillow. Um, very smart guy. Very smart guy that we've had the opportunity, you know, through our channels to get some access to and, and hear a little bit about, you know, where Zillow's headed. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, I agree with all these comments. Like, it, the, the, the congressman, it, it doesn't even How seem do that... Even, I mean, those guys can't even have a clue. It, it does what, not. Like, what, why, why even go through the exercise? So like, one, one guy asked Zuckerberg if he would share before Congress in the middle of the hearing what hotel he was staying at. <laughs> and, and Zuckerberg looks at him kind of like, is this My real? favorite was the face he gave all of them whenever he answered a question. Like, Senator, it was like, this, do you have a clue what you're talking yeah. about? Well, but it was like, is this a real question? And he was like, no, I'm not going to share that information. And <laughs> the senator goes off on a tangent. And I wish I knew who it was. Oh, I, so, I you oh so you don't want your personal information shared? Oh, so you don't want your personal information shared. That's the root of the conversation yeah, that we're exactly. having here. And it was just, I mean, it was so baited. I felt bad for him a little bit, but he did kind of look like a little boy. Yeah. Like sitting before Congress. And... um you know, they asked him a lot of questions about... I hope you don't get your Facebook account shut down. Oh. <laughs> Better pull it I, back, buddy. I didn't think about that. Well, I mean, yeah, my advertising dollars are not enough to keep to keep, to keep me safe. Um, <laughs> no, but he, he asked him a lot about, you know, conservatism versus liberalism, too, which we don't get into politics here. But, like, I mean, it was a... It was... It was... He was baited big time. 
Um, I'm just interested, and I think Gabe hit it on the head. Like, what are what's the consumer's perception? Do we become a sleazy? Though, like, is it, when he's in the hotel, does he assume that no one would ever that they wouldn't ever share that data with anyone? You know, related to the hotel, of course, that yeah. data is recorded somewhere, and if the you know if the authorities needed that information, they would get it. So, absolutely, you know, privacy is an illusion. I, absolutely, data wants to be free, and anyone who thinks that you're going to wrap yourself around you know privacy, it's 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 estranged from this world. We live in such a public world with phones, and soon you're going to have. I mean, almost the entire landscape is going to be recorded. You know, certainly within the urban centers. Yeah, you know, and, and many probably are. I, I can't speak to Louisville, but you know, there there are ca- there are cameras in Everywhere. many cities, yeah. And so to, to think that you're you know you're outraged because you're on the internet, which is free, and you're on Facebook, which is free, and that no one's going to have any awareness or access to that. That it has to be all, all of your online activity is somehow private, which is recorded from your IP address. It's it's just not realistic. I mean, anybody who's not like Joe, what were you going to say? I was going to say pretty much too. Any app that you install on your phone. You know, there's like a series of four questions. Are you willing to sh- share contacts? And the next one, share photos. So they have access to not only really information you're sharing on that platform, but, you know, there's some way they can probably extract it from your smartphone at all. And when you, you know, th- you want to use these sites and a lot of people, I think, you know, even with all this happening with Facebook, I still think users are going to go there. It's kind of like when, you know, there's been a credit card hack at a, a Target or another company. People so- don't search. Stop shopping there, right? No. They continue to go there. And I think people continue to use Facebook. I mean, it's like an oil spill. Like, yeah. You know, oh, we'll never go back to Exxon. You know? <laughs> yeah. Until I need gas. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, just this one time. The most relatable for me is when people were getting sick from Chipotle. I I saw that, and I was like, hmm, I'm hungry for Chipotle, and I went there that day. (laughs) (laughs) Best to have a a discount this afternoon. (laughs) They just started started having queso, by the way. So that that adds adds a a ton. No, Joe, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, people don't stop using it. Like, you want to get something really creepy? Go into location services on your iPhone. Mm. If you have an Apple iOS device, and I'm sure it's the same on Google and Android and all that, but... Look at the locations that each app checks, like records. Mm-hmm. So, like all of your all of your apps are constantly recording your locations. Oh yeah, you know, and a lot of these are, are you know people that are design, that are selling you stuff. So then they tailor their advertising messages. They tailor everything about everything they know about the, you. They use to sell you things. I'll, I'll pop out of like a restaurant or a shop or something. All of a sudden, my smartphone goes off. It's a ding, ding notification. It's like three different services asking me, "Is hey, you want to rate this company?" I'm like, how did they know I was in here? And it's not just one. It, you know, it's it's so bad. Well, I think it's interesting. You make a phone call, and then the next thing in your Facebook feed, you'll have that person. All of a sudden, that person is streaming in your you – know, I know. There's an integration between all of these things. Absolutely. It's gotten so detailed from the location service standpoint that, that grocery stores – can can pinpoint your location within their store and deliver and deliver um, coupons for the products you're standing next to to your smartphone while you're in the store. It's wild. It's a wild world we're living in out there, and I don't think regulation is going to make it go away. I'm just curious. I mean, um, what kind of gene back in that in that bottle? It's just not happening. <laughs> no, I ab- absolutely agree. All right, so um, we, we just we just talked a minute ago. 14 agents, 25 agents. Um, we've got an agent here locally that has given us. A question. I've got 14 agents. I don't know the question. We talked about that before. I think we're going to go ahead and pivot and go to office hours. Do a little resource office hours, yeah. Which which we must give credit, and Gabe and I talked about this. Um, We are aware that Spencer Raskoff has a very popular podcast by the title of Office Hours. We're not trying to step on any toes there. We love Zillow. Apparently, Spencer is very dialed into any comment. That was one thing that Jay mentioned is that Spencer reads everything. He's like, really? I don't know how he runs a $9 billion company and still finds time to find you know, one little nugget on Twitter that, fit, you know, we talk about kind of negative responses and he said, uh, hmm. Spencer's very tuned in. So just yeah, be careful. Well, I appreciate Between that. Between him and Zuckerberg, now, you're, you're digging a pretty deep Well, now out. I'm going you to start be commenting trouble. because he may have to be a guest on Resource office hours. I think so. Well, he just did the 5 a.m. club for, uh, you know. East yeah. Coast. And that was, that was live. I talked to Scotty Kump about it because I thought it might have been, might have been uh, recorded. Record. It sounded like a, it sounded a little deliberate. Yeah. But no, it was live. He, I said, well, he's on the West Coast. That was 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, they had John so. Cheplak on there a couple of weeks ago, too. Dude, they're really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like Chep. Well, that guy doesn't sleep, so it doesn't matter what hour you <laughs> he, call him. Well, he called in. He called <laughs> in 2 a.m. He called he in 2 a.m. Pacific time. 
<laughs> it was 5 a.m. Eastern, and he called in. Yep, he called yep. in at 2 a.m. I guess he that he was might have been ending his day rather than starting it. But neither here nor there. Probably sitting in the gym parking lot, <laughs> ready to go in. All right, Gabe, why don't you queue up the question and sure. play it for us? Well, and, I've heard uh, I've heard this question, but I think this will this will dovetail nicely into the conversation we've just been having. So let's see what you three think about this. Let's go ahead and play that message now. Hi, this is Nick Pesco, a real estate agent in Louisville, Kentucky. My question is with the latest and greatest new technology platforms like Zillow and Opendoor, um, basically what I would call disruptors in the real estate segment, how do you feel like those technologies and business models are going to continue to shape the real estate industry over the next several years? Thank you. Well, that, that does dovetail nicely. Yeah, it's almost like exactly what we were just talking about. But this is kind of different. How do you think those are going to continue to change the market? Joe? I think they're going to continue to disrupt, and it's going to be, you know, those companies are going to be the ones that actually evolve the market. And then there's going to be the agents. You know, most are reluctant. Um, I think, what did you call crotchety old agent or something? You called him, Jay. <laughs> they're reluctant to embrace change or new technology and, you know, want to do business the way that it's always been conducted. But I think that the agents who do embrace some of these platforms like the Zillow and the new things are coming up with and get on board, I think it's a potential to make money. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be provide you know great opportunity. Plus, you know, most of these companies are also committed to a better uh, user end experience. So I know most of them are committed more to the clients and the users using their platform and not necessarily the agents, but the agents willing to get on board with them will definitely be able to profit. With regard to Zillow, uh, Zillow, I don't know if I would call Zillow a disruptor. Um, it's a different channel for for consumer communication, a different search experience. So uh, what I particularly like about what Zillow is, is, is concerned about is having a really high-quality experience. And I, I think as agents, I was just having this conversation with JW this morning – what a beautiful world it would be if all we had, if all we did, were talk to clients that really wanted to transact, that were ready to talk to an agent, versus the the environment that we have where we're chasing and trying to get connections with people who've made these light inquiries on properties, in the with the intention of giving great service, but all the energy that it takes. If we just move to a place where we are working with people that are qualified, that want to talk to us, that really want to work with with highly specialized, experienced, talented, high-service agents, what a beautiful world that would be. And so uh, and Zillow's initiative to, uh, to only transfer or help clients talk to someone when they're ready – I think that's a, an elegant model, and hopefully we can we can all learn from that and take more out of it. So, um, for uh, forgive me who who the question who asked the Nick. question? Oh, Nick. Nick. So Nick. Yeah, I, you have to embrace embrace high service. I, I mean, between everybody here, I, I'll tell you, we've had a, a little anxiety recently about how heavy we've gone on service. And I started to, have to question that because you move into a faster market, which is where we get to the second part of the question, which is open door and uh, offer pad. Um, where you have these direct buyer models, which are start to degrade the basically commission com- compression, and so I th- think you're going to see a divergence uh, in the consumer experience. Where if you're in a faster market where homes sell relatively quickly, and we all know, you know, when a market's super fast, which is where you have inexperienced agents that are able to sell properties. In fairness, inexperienced agents also cost even in a fast market do cost. Uh, sellers money because they don't necessarily leverage the multiple offers the correct way um, may not give you proper or the full marketing that you would get with a an experienced and high service agent um, so in that same vein for faster markets you're going to see commission compression and you're going to see more direct offers for people who are who are lifestyle sensitive meaning that they have life events whether it's um, a job change a divorce um, you know, death in the family, these really major life events where they just have to know when they're going to close, that's going to continue to, to creep. I mean, we were, the statistics for in Houston is 10% of those properties were being transacted for a, a direct offer. So, And that's indicative of a, of a faster market. So you're going to still have a segment of the market on the high end that is still interested in a high-service experience. And so I think we're, where we're headed is you're going to see, you're going to see two uh, – a divert two two set two models. You're going to see one that that's incredibly high service, t- catered to um, the mid range to luxury clients, and then the other uh, service, which which will be more of a transactional service, which will be solid and very similar to it to how teams and organizations are built, but built with a very limited service um, hmm. model, which uh, frankly can get the job done for a lot of people in a fast market. So, sounds like 
you know, a cultural trend. We've got a vanishing middle class, even in real estate, hmm. you know, Dustin talks about, and I agree. That's, that's actually the point that I was going to make. Um, <clears throat> the difference between the haves and have nots is, is growing, right? You know, you have the, uh, high service, you know, very well qualified providers. Okay. Which will be supported by the disruptors actions, Okay, the the Zillow's delivering more highly qualified leads to to brokerage and and teams and independent agents that can afford it. Inverse companies like OfferPad and Open Door is going to make commissions compress for the agents that can't provide that low. And, and it's going to challenge those that can't provide that high level of right. service. And, and you'll start seeing those companies and those agents vanish that teeter in the middle. The, the plan a sign and get an offer and sell in three days with no marketing, with no negotiation experience, with nothing, well, that, that'll disappear. It is going to disappear, but I would say that right now, especially with the with – the, we're, we're moving to a new – a new old model of real estate, which is where people want to transact with people that they know. And so it's still important to have all the the technological connections. But with the the saturation of Facebook and the the heavy use by everybody, um, we're moving back, back, in my opinion, to a a personally branded model where people want to know the person that they're working with. They don't want to work with the faceless company. They don't want to just click and then get transferred. They they want to work with somebody that they know. And so (laughs) Um, I, I think that's why you're seeing so many people go so active on Instagram, and 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 which is you know um, which takes out the kind of the the animus that goes along with all the political chatter on on Facebook, which is I think which is kind of distasteful and, and kind of very much kind of fans the flames of all that discontent. Um, Instagram's a little cleaner in that way. Absolutely. Well, Gabe and I talked. We we came back from Agent <coughs> Agent 2021, and we talked about. You know, this is the year of brand engagement marketing versus direct response, at least in our business. Okay, so we're such sexy words. <laughs> we're doing. I was about to say commission compression would have made a great episode title. I wish I would have thought of that. Uh, we're, we, we've got more. We got more episodes. Yeah. Um, no. So so literally, I, I we we've gone heavy on client events. We've gone heavy on content production, and I know you guys are probably a little ahead of me on that, but um, truthfully, like like just the. We're going to let, and, and it, that's even the direction that Zillow seems to go. They're trying to provide a higher level of service, and, and you, you got to think that that's fewer leads, okay? Fewer premier agents, okay? Higher level, more money, more commissions, better satisfaction, et cetera. I mean, you can, you can, you can do more with less. And, and so that, that's kind of the, the way that we've been looking at at the business too. One of the things that Errol Samuelson uh, had talked about, and, uh, and he's a key player at Zillow, is the idea that that because of the, our process for buying and selling is inefficient, it also limits the number of times that people would move. So uh, there's a, there's some concern that okay, these direct offer models and discount models are going to basically um, squeeze out. A, a lot of the market share. Huh. Um, Errol's uh, assertion is that because it's going to give people more, basically give people liquidity in moving, that it's going to increase the number and frequency of transactions. So while we may still we may see a little bit of commission compression, we'll also see more, maybe see more velocity and in, in speed of transactions. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, because I, you know I think we all kind of. You're trying to say, hey, what's going on here? And you go, well, maybe the unintended consequences are are more transactions and people are able to move more frequently. So there's a question for you guys. I'm interested to know. This is just a thought that pops in my head as we sit here and talk about this. You know, you've got you've got the high level service real estate broker, agent, team lead, whatever, and then you've got the discounted. You know, let me make you a cash offer, or close, and give you certainty. Do you see? The opportunity for, and we, we've all heard the, you know, I'll sell your home or I'll buy it, Craig Proctor kind of, you know, shtick. Um, do you see, do you see that happening a little more, but with the intent on buy, on actually buying? Because if if Open Door proves the model, and it's pro- and it's working, it works. I'm a real estate investor. I, I I like buying real estate. I like flipping real estate. I like owning rental property. I mean that. That seems like another dimension for my business. 
yeah, I think that's one of the challenges that Zillow had too. Is that hey, how can you do this as a in a model that's fair to the consumer? Because you can't say, oh, we're the consumers are North Star, and then we want to profit stick it to you on a you know a super discounted offer, or and because and they're very concerned about you know being fair. So what's the vig there? Uh, you know, in the conversation I had you know with some of the agents across the country is that. It does prove the model, and yeah, I think we all should be looking at that. I mean, we are headed that place. One of the nice features that once it does get in place is that if you have a client, you know, that you're going on a listing appointment, you can basically go and get a, a an offer in hand to go take to that listing appointment and say, okay, I've got a, I can get you a bona fide offer. Or if you go to a listing appointment and come back out of there and say, you know what, I can get you a bona fide offer for a thirty day sale, and then I can give you a CMA for that price. Um, that way, you're, you're kind of setting the floor for the client. So then, sure. you know, almost always, I think the the, the numbers about the ninety percent of the people end up listing with an agent. Yeah. But there's ten percent of the people who want to want um, that convenience. So. Well, and make no mistake. I mean, by offering this service, Zillow lowers the inhibition of some sellers to contact them to start the selling process. Now they've always been great. Now, okay. Zillow has harnessed the power of this voyeuristic nature nature of real estate, right? We have pretty pictures of great houses and people's imaginations run away with them. What would it be like to live in this house? So they click and click and click and click. And Zillow has harnessed that like no one ever has. But the seller piece, okay, is something that no one seems to have cracked the code on yet. And that's what they seem desperately intent on doing. And if you're going to give somebody an offer, I mean, the Zestimate was the first step, right? Find well, yeah, out what my conflict too. Like, okay, well, if the Zestimate is here and then the offer is here, and you're like, how does that work? Right, right. Yeah. So, but now if I can give you an offer to buy, now we're gonna we're gonna say up front that but it I, might be low. But your question was, and I, I, pro- I probably should have finished um, the thought, but to that point, you know, I think that because there's so much, I mean, there's so much um, liquidity in the market that yeah. having a stable of local investors is is prudent to say, okay, you know, we're willing to, to close on this date. We know with this, you know, percentage off of where the appraisal is, that that we know that we're buying value, especially in an ascending market, and. Um, you're good. Go ahead. So, um, so yeah, I think it. I think it's it's proving. While it's um, uncomfortable when you look at it, you go, okay, well, if we if we just maybe change the way, modify the way we do things a little bit, you, you then can have an investment group that you also could satisfy, and then at the same time, you know, um, be able to 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 satisfy the customer's need to, for a feeling of, hey, I could have finality to this. If your if timing is your most important. Uh, can, I mean, is your your most important um, factor in the uh, in the transaction? Then you can have that, and we can make that happen and be the facilitators of it. Well, guys, this has been a great conversation, and I I, I want to keep it going, but I think we're we're just about, just about out of time here. But here's one thing I would like to do, if if you will indulge me, okay? And um, why don't uh, the majority of our of our listeners are we have some consumers that listen, but the most most of our are, are high producing agents all over the country. And if you would just take a minute for me, Joe, I'll let you go first, man, uh, from Tampa, Florida. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about your team and why they should consider if they've got clients coming to Tampa or if they need to help place a listing or a buyer referral down that area, why they, why they should talk to 54 Realty. Okay. Yeah. Um, so our team's located in Tampa, Florida, um, primarily work in Hillsborough County, Pasco County, uh, do some Hernando, Pinellas County as well. A compromise of 15 agents, uh, me and my wife, both born and raised in Tampa, so know the area very well. And a top producing team with Remax, so obviously a better brand, better tools, and you know provides great training for all of our agents. Um, and we continue to you know produce stats that are significantly higher than you know what the current marketplace is doing. All of our agents are trained. Where, as you guys both probably know, a lot of agents are just brought on and kind of fed to the wolves these days, and not given any training. So all of them are qualified to work with you. And if you know anybody looking to buy or sell in Tampa, we'd love the opportunity to earn your business. Absolutely. And we'll put the contact contact information for Joe and 54 Realty in the agent notes or in the agent notes. In the agent notes. <laughs> in the agent notes. In the if, you show, if you want to show this listing, you should yeah. go to blah, blah, blah. No, in the, in the show notes that we put on iTunes or on SoundCloud or wherever you consume your podcast. Joe, appreciate it. All right, Dustin, Coastal Delaware. And Maryland. All, all, yeah. And Maryland. Maryland. Gosh, I, yeah. I can't. I'm, I'm, 
I'm boxing you in. Oh, hey, that's all right. Hey, you know, I mean, they're they're different, a little bit different markets, but um, our constituents come from both places. So, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, just thanks Jay for doing this and for having us in and for being a great friend. Um, I know, you know, both Joe and I have so much respect for you and, and how you go about things. Appreciate that. I admire your your charisma and machismo. You're something special, buddy. <laughs> well, the, machismo. The, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, so that. we're on the coast of, of uh, Delaware and Maryland, um, you know, primary, primarily a retiree market um, and somewhat a resort luxury market on the ocean. Um, we got into real estate to uh, to make a difference and to provide great service, and I, I'm really excited that that's the model that's winning out. And so yeah. we have a really you know one of the most robustly built teams in the country, meaning that we have high service from con- from contract to closing. Uh, we have a turnkey listing department with a videographer, photographer, uh, copywriter, as well as um, distribution on the Wall Street Journal and New York Times. We do a television commercial for each one of our properties, and then we also uh, have a robust social media campaign that does geotargeting to, to retarget our clients that are or buyers that are looking online and uh, we assisted over over 200 buyer clients last year so uh, we're committed to high service and ha- and giving the, the best getting the most out of each transaction for each person so I'm really excited about that customer survey rating and um, you know we uh, we're, we're experts in the community we're 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 going to be here for a long time, so we want to invest in those relationships and help somebody sell, even if it's one or two or three years from now, if that makes the most sense. And for people that are relocating to the area, help them find the right community. Because what happens a lot of times is some clients will come down and they'll they'll get excited about a new construction community, and then they move in. They realize they just they love the model; it was beautiful, but you could have had that model three other places, right. you know. Um, and so helping people to find the right place to give them, you know, and, and to help them find the right context of lifestyle is really important. So um, uh, that's the part that, that really makes the difference for me is that we get to, you know, it sounds really corny, but we really do get to change lives. And that is what it's about for us yeah. is helping people in that transition, you know, because you're coming from somewhere else for the most part. If you're if you're buying in, in coastal Delaware to have that coastal lifestyle and be near the beach and. Low taxes. Sometimes we call them tax refugees, but um, <laughs> you know, fifteen hundred dollars a year for a three hundred thousand dollar home. That's you know, pretty awesome. People man. from especially, New Jersey say, "Is that per month?" Like, especially considering like, you should just quit people, your job. And yeah, you should just quit your job. Yeah. Just move down here. Absolutely. Telecommute. So thank you for that, Jay. Thank you, absolutely, Joe. guys. Mm-hmm. Thank thank y'all for coming in. Um, you know, I really like. I said, I'm honored that you guys think enough of me to to travel here to kind of absorb our operation. We're we're in a mastermind group together, Dustin and Joe and I, and we've kind of gone back and uh, back and forth over the, I mean, several years, ideas, developing, you know, developing this podcast. Like these guys got to hear about it from me first. And so have you guys... <laughs> Justin was skeptical. No, he it's was. fabulous. I, I, I tune in all the time. I, you yeah. have some great stuff, and you're just a, a, an incredibly interesting personality. Of uh, you, you are a deep thinker. You're one of the, the true real estate intellectuals in this in this industry, and uh, I'm glad that you're bringing a voice to sure. these, these conversations. It's really important for people to hear. Man, that's high praise. I don't even know if I can finish this show. Now. <laughs> I don't know that I'll get my head through that door, <laughs> Dustin. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. We again appreciate you guys being in. Um, for you listeners out there, make sure you go back and scroll down and find the new internet that Dustin, the episode Dustin, um, you know, uh, recorded with us early in the show's history. Joe is a little bit more recent with brokerage verticals, insurance, mortgage, title, etc. Both very insightful episodes. We appreciate you tuning in as well. Uh, we've got some really, really exciting guests coming up in, in future episodes. Uh, and don't forget about resource office hours. Um, yeah, definitely. Gabe will put up the number in the show notes for you to call in. Leave us a message. We'd like to ha- allow these amazing guests that we're bringing to you each week um, to speak to your questions specifically. So, Yeah, exactly. That, that's about all I've got. Gabe, any parting shots? 502-536-8832. That's the number to call for resource office hours. It'll be in the notes. But make sure to give us a call. Yeah, leave us a question because we're going to have top producers all the time. So you never know who might be answering your question. You never know when you might hear it. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, and and make sure to drop us a voicemail. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time, Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. See you next time.